ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of almost all ages, with parental consent. The Sick Twisted Minds at Sacrificial Pond Productions brings you a new style of horror film, like nothing you have seen before. There are no cops, no investigations. There is no backstory, no follow-up of the victims who are brutally tortured and murdered. Our story isn't about them. Normal terror is about a single dad struggling to make ends meet. His son is his first priority. He goes to work, pays his bills, and is generally a great dad. The twist comes after he puts his son to bed. This is where he releases his stress. Some people do yoga, some hit the gym, some go for runs, some people paint on a canvas. An anonymous source once wrote on an abandoned asylum wall, I never understood people until I took one apart just to see how it worked. If you are rear-ended in traffic, most people's thought runs to anger and their primal instincts of hurting the other party. Sam Neill does not have the ability to stop that primal instinct. Let us take you into the mind of a killer. Normal Terror is a concept from the mind of Sam Mason, who wrote, directed, produced, and is starring in this new age feature film. Let's get slicing and dicing with Sir Sturdy Horror fans. On this podcast, you will hear me and a guest do some movie reviews, random funny horror chats, and whatever else comes to mind. So tune in, kick back, relax, and always remember... I'll see you in your nightmares. Well, this station's mask. Welcome to another awesome, exciting episode of Horror with Sir Sturdy. I got my co-host again with me, Matt. How's it going? Good. How's it going, man? It's going great over here. And I got uh, another Friday fan on here, ladies and gentlemen, by the name of Chase. Chase, how you doing over there? I'm doing good. How are you all? Great. First of all, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. And I want you to come out here. I wanted you to come on here so you can discuss your movies. So I'd like you to kind of, you know, tell us about the movies, tell us the titles and all that good stuff, and you can take it away. Absolutely. Um, I, I shot a movie two years ago called Payday, which is a crime drama. It's, um, it's a hostage negotiation heist film. You can actually get it on um, Amazon Prime, and um, you can get it on Amazon.com uh, as well as YouTube. Um, it's two ninety nine to rent on Amazon Prime, and it's three ninety nine to rent on YouTube. Um, yeah, I, I'm very. Um, that's the first film that I've directed where I'm actually uh, pretty happy with what we shot uh, compared to my earlier previous films. Um, I can't really go into much detail about it because, of course, it's one of those films that would completely ruin the purpose of watching it if you knew what it was about. Mm-hmm. Um, but just know that there's a nice little twist in there. Um, and I recently uh, shot a movie called Beast of the Field, which is a sci-fi horror uh, last September. And that was a very interesting experience because uh, me and the cast and crew were so soaking wet because we have uh, we shot a movie in a hurricane. Ooh. The hurricane hit this uh, South Carolina. It's made its way to Kentucky. And 
I've never seen any rain like that before. Um, I mean, it was it was interesting because we were all sliding and falling all over the place. It was like Forrest Gump, um, the scene where he was just like, it just got raining for four months <laughs> every day. <laughs> it was just, I mean, you know, but the cast and crew, uh, given the nature of what we were dealing with, they, they were so like, I mean, <laughs> most people would freak out or complain. Uh, everyone was so cool, you know, um, which made the atmosphere, and it really worked uh, well for the tone of the film we were going, I mean, going for. Because I, I actually made, uh, or I didn't make, but I had an associate make a rain machine so I can get that look, and I end up getting way more than I bargained for. So, uh, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. That's real cool, man. I actually have that movie up right now on IMDb, that Beast of the Field. Yes. And I'm uh, a huge creature feature nut. He is. I'm reading the, the synopsis, and I'm already intrigued already. You want to read that yeah, synopsis? Yeah, it, it's, um, I was supposed to, the funny thing was, is I was supposed to shoot that before I shot Payday, um, but I had a producer that wanted to shoot, uh, wanted me to shoot Payday before, so it, it kind of just got shuffled around, you know, it happens all the time, but I, I'm really uh, quite happy with both uh, films, they're both different by nature in a lot of ways, but um, I'm a big fan of, like, uh, dramatic stories um i'm a huge fan of drama so no matter what element of film that i do whether it's uh, a horror film a thriller or you know a drama in general just it's so much you can work with i i i love character development i'm a huge fan of the 1970s style filmmaking where care you know character driven films was um i mean great you know not saying that they're not now but now it's more about explosions and superheroes and um it's it's more um like you know it's a, it's a different style of filmmaking today and it's not saying anything bad about it it's just more of a, a preference of taste it sounds very good. true yeah hey matt um why you got that imdb up you want to read that synopsis for us for us and the listeners you want to do it yes please <clears throat> okay oh sorry about that i should have did that <laughs> No, let him do it. He, he's the director. He's the producer. Let him do it. Hey, either, either, either one of you two that wants to wants to read it well, off. I have a tendency to talk too much. I don't give too much. <laughs> look, look, look. You can talk as much as you want. That's what the podcast is for. Yeah, I, I, okay. Um, I don't want to chip on like, Basically, whoops. Payday is about when an inexperienced criminal bin holds up a small town restaurant. The poorly planned uh, robbery spirals into a hostage crisis beyond his control. Um, so that being said, um, it's, it's a huge, um, what's that word I'm trying to say? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a huge secret that involves into it. It's more to it than, than that. But of course, you know, I don't want to say, but it, it's worth the watch if you watch it. Okay. Let's just say that. Uh, it, it kind of sounds like a typical hostage negotiation film, but it was inspired from Dog Day Afternoon, and Dog Day Afternoon is one of my favorite um, hostage negotiation films of all time. You know, back when Al Pacino was, like, the man, which he still is. But. Oh, yeah. Um, now, Beast of the Field is not so many um, secrecy in there, so I, I think I can give out the full... Um, <laughs> the spiel for that one yeah <laughs> a delusional cryptic, uh, 
zoologist and a psychopathic television uh, presenter leads an amateur expedition into the wild forest in hopes of finding the legendary Thunderbird, which they believe is an ancestor of the prehistoric... Um, <coughs> sorry, I coughed. <laughs> you still there? <laughs> That's why I hate podcasts, because I'll be like... I love them, but like always, something weird happens to me. It's <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, And man. then, like, you know, you can't take that back. You can't do the Thanos snap. So, nope. <laughs> cut. All right, rewind. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm saying I can do that. Cut. I messed up. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but you, you know what it is? May not be in the behind the scenes. You know, you know what it is with that though. What I love about podcasts, especially mine, because mine a lot of stuff doesn't get cut out, even the quote unquote bloopers. Because when you go back and listen to it, especially when you haven't heard it in a while, it's hilarious. I'm like, I can't. No, see, I have to share this that's with the everybody. Thing. I, I, I think it's funny. Like, I a lot of times I go back and I listen. And I'm just like, honestly, it's, you have the most fun um, time because a lot of times uh, we you're talking and certain things you hear certain sound or certain noises. It just, it just seems like it's easier to laugh and have a good time and be mellow on a podcast. And that's what I one thing I like about being on the podcast. Yeah, it's it's. Ask Matt. There's been a lot of <laughs> there's been a lot of bloopers on this one. We just keep going. Oh yes, just keep on going. Yep. <laughs> like those the humdingers, there, right, uh, Aaron? Oh man, the humdingers episode was hilarious. <laughs> so um, I already know. Oh, I, yeah. oh, sorry. Go, no, go ahead. That's what we do Excuse too. Me. We we always interrupt each other. <laughs> Every single time. Yeah, it's it's always kind of hard to know when to go. Uh, Aaron, I don't know if you know who. Um, Arius Spears is yes, comedian. You sound a lot like him on uh, just listening to you talk. <laughs> I wish I could do the voices he can do though. Just changing yeah. his voice. I, if I can do that, I'd be all set. I just tell you guys, DMX is here and he's recording this podcast with me, and you may or may not believe it, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you were gonna ask something. I was gonna say with the uh, the beasts here are. It's a, you know, with the whole Thunderbird, which I think it's awesome, because you don't see many movies with or dealing with a Thunderbird, which is supposed to be based on the prehistoric dinosaurs. Did you use uh, practical effects, CGI? Did we get to see what it looks like at all? Well, I'm a, uh, I'm a, no, I'm not gonna get, I'm not gonna give it away because uh, that was one of those things, and I and I lied. I guess I said it wasn't gonna be my secrecy. I guess I didn't know I was gonna be asked that question, but. Um, I, I like people to find out on their own. I, okay. I know a lot of people love to know as much like now, like it's like even when you're seeing Avengers Endgame, there's so many people trying to find out everything. Oh, yeah. I'm just like, whatever happened to the anticipation of just waiting to see the movie? Uh, <laughs> you know, like, well, with the, like the Avengers, it's that's based on a comic. You got you already have the story there in front of you for the comics, and also you put it on the big screen. You're going. Well, let's see if they go by the comics. And, of course, people are probably busting out the comics, flipping through, going, okay, so-and-so is going to do this, and that doesn't happen, but they change it. So I can see how they're doing with the Marvel, but with this stuff, I've always, I like to keep it quiet, too, going, I like to be surprised. Like, oh, yeah, you know, um, I think because one of the best experiences I had recently <laughs> in seeing the movie was uh, the movie Get Out, because I was actually in pre-production of Payday, and I literally locked myself in a room studying hard and making sure, you know, 
I don't get distracted by social media because a lot of times when I'm in pre-production, it's, it's easy to get distracted, and um, that's very crucial to make or break a break a film. So a lot of times, right before I'm about to shoot a movie, I just get off social media and I get off the grid, and I just focus on what I need to focus on and turn deactivate my Facebook, everything, so I can focus on uh, making a movie. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I, I knew nothing about the movie Get Out. So oh, awesome. when I went to go see Get Out, um, that was so... Uh, that was probably one of the best experiences. And I think the reason why I enjoyed it so much is I had no idea what I was getting into. Um, yeah. And I think that made the movie such so much more effective uh, because we live in a world now where you're just some, some I mean, you, you really get way more than what you need to know about a movie when you see it now. And I just think that's why a lot of people's expectations or a lot of times people when they watch a movie, they're like, I don't know what to think about it. Because um, I think just you being forced to hear so much about something and then when you see it, I just think it can um, affect how you feel about it. Because um, some of the best movies I've watched, I knew nothing about. Um, opposed to waiting a year and a half to watch Batman versus Superman and you've seen four trailers and, uh, you know, almost everything you can possibly see and then you see the movie and you're just like, that, that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, and also too with the day and age, uh, you watch a film. A lot of people are already putting it on YouTube or reviews on online. It yeah. gets spoiled pretty easily. Yeah, and I think that kind of ruins it for a lot of people as well. Where yeah. if a new film comes out and we're like, "Oh, you gotta go see it because such and such is in there," or, or this happens, you're going, "Oh, thanks for the the big surprise." Oops. Like when Halloween came out, I stayed away from the internet. I stayed away from a lot of people posting about the Halloween because I want to be surprised. I want to see how they did this. Yeah. And one person kind of ruined a little bit for me because they said it, they, uh, it takes place after the very first movie. It ignores all the sequels and it eliminates the whole brother-sister thing. Right. Okay, but now but I'm more intrigued on that now. Okay. Now i got to see how they did it. So I stayed away from everything. When I went to go see the movie, I liked it. I thought it was pretty cool how they did everything and how they change the story around I'm like okay uh well uh i liked some aspects of the film um mm-hmm. i loved how uh, michael myers was back to the way he originally was um yeah. the tone was definitely right um i felt that michael myers was really powerful and he was brutal and i loved that because he was, i felt that yeah. he was more so in this film than any other film like, I like how they just kept the camera panning on a lot of shots where he was just literally going house to house offing people, you know. Um, what I did not like, however, was the things that they ignored on the other movies. They put it right back in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just like, wait, am I missing something here? <laughs> uh, we're going to ignore this, but we're going to put it back in there. <laughs> yeah. And that to me was uh, so ineffective. And um, I, other than that, I, I, I still say I would fairly enjoyed it more than um, any. I, I would say I still enjoyed the original second one more. Mm-hmm. But yes. I would say that was the next best thing, um, including the Rob Zombies. Mm-hmm. So I got a question. Questions for mm-hmm. you, Chase. I'll start off with yeah. this one I usually ask all my guests. It's. um. Who, who or what got you into horror movies? And what's the very first horror movie that you can remember that scared you? Oh, absolutely. I, uh, I love talking about this. My, um, 
what really got me intrigued in movies is I always grew up uh, watching them. Uh, we all, me and my parents and my brother, uh, we all had one TV growing up, so I was forced to watch whatever they watched. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the very first movie um, I can remember watching that scared me was um, Child's Play, the original Child's Play. Um, and um, it, I was getting my hair cut. I was five years old, and my uncle asked me, hey, you guys want to watch Child's Play? Like, I knew what it was. Uh, so, of course, they traumatized me because the TV was right there as I'm getting my hair cut. I can't move. Uh, I got to keep watching because you need to get a haircut. You can't move. Um, you got to stare straight. Um, so that was a very traumatizing experience for me because I had to live with my buddy doll. and um, I became obsessed with horror movies since then. And... Um, that was the most effective to me because I, I, I think I definitely got rid of my My Buddy doll. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> the second movie that did that to me was A Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, and we had this old bathtub that I could not um, get submerged in because I was convinced Freddy was going to come and get me and drag me under. Um, and it took about five or six people to hold me under the water. Um, so I definitely reached out to Tom Holland, uh, his Facebook, and we actually talk um, so often. And I definitely let him know that he influenced me a lot into getting into filmmaking. Um, you know, he, uh, I love his movie Fright Night. He's made some incredible films, and I think he's never really mentioned as far as one of the, great, one of the greatest horror directors. Of course, you always hear Hitchcock and Wes Craven, and, and, and they're rightfully so in that conversation, but I think Tom Holland deserves a little bit more praise. Yes, very true. That's awesome. You answered like a bunch of questions with that, with that answer. I was, I was just about to ask you what got you into films and all that, and you kind of answered that with the Tom Holland thing. Yeah, you know, um, I I um, I was not really the uh, cool kid growing up. I, I uh, everyone's outside playing, and I'm sitting here ready to watch the next horror movie from it to Child's Play to Halloween to Friday the Thirteenth um, to The Blob, uh, Piranha, uh, all those movies. I I just was so obsessed with them, and at the time I, I was like I wanted to be an actor. But I didn't know what a director was. Uh, so you know, growing up on this time I, I wanted to act and I used to act in my films but that was a huge mistake I learned not to do anymore because you know on a, a small budget film you know you, I know you wear so many hats but I think um, you definitely don't need to wear so many hats you definitely mm-hmm. need to pick one or two main things you're you're gonna do before um, you know because if I'm in front of the camera I can't direct people or myself um, to what they need to be doing if I'm acting with them so uh, payday was the film where I was like, you know what? I definitely need to be one or the other. <clears throat> that's cool though. That, I yeah. understand that, but that's cool. Like you learn that just from wearing all the hats, like you're saying to just like, look, I can only do this, this, and this. I can't do everything. Yeah. You, and you really can't. And I, and I, cause it was a film uh, that I shot before that, that I acted in. And I think the film would have been so much better if I just would have, you know, just directed, and it was it was marvelous, Mandy, which I just recently released that on YouTube. Um, it's free to watch. Um, enter if you dare. But I thought that the lead actress Paula uh, Solinger was just incredible. She was so that character. It's a really creepy uh, 1960s style, you know, horror uh, movies. Um, it's kind of like Fatal Attraction meets Misery. Hmm. 
it's it's about a lot uh it's about a a single dad who's looking for this children's book for his daughter called Marvelous Mandy. He ends up meeting the real author and they have a really great connection and it just seems like it's too good to be true. And then um, he finds out that she has some very um, sinister uh, personalities behind that. So it's a very nice, strong psychological thriller. That sounds, uh, they all sound very interesting. I definitely need to check them all out. Well, a lot of people love Marvelous Mandy, but of course, I guess me, I, um, I, I, I guess I view things differently because I'm always looking at the mistakes opposed to what people, I guess, uh, they, they always point out what they like about it. So it's, uh, I guess a lot of people are surprised when that. I'm, I, I'm like, because ah, I, I guess me, I'm like, man, I should have just directed. I guess I'm, I'm disappointed in myself, and it's hard for me to watch that. But you learned from it, though. I mean, you could take the positives from that. Like you learn, like directing's really my thing to be doing. And that's yes. nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and, absolutely. I, I definitely learned uh, the hard way from that lesson. Um, and I think you you see a big difference um, in Payday, which was my next film opposed to that. Uh, I think the uh, camera angles and everything was just a lot more spot on, um, you know, opposed to Marvelous Mandy because I was in front of the camera and it was hard to check all of that. Mm-hmm. Now, let me think. What's your, okay. I don't. What's your favorite horror movie? If you had to choose one, if I had to choose one horror movie, um, hmm, I was I'd definitely say Child's Play. Okay. Uh, Child's Play. Uh, I just thought the way Tom Holland directed it. I know there was doll movies before Child's Play, but I thought Child's Play was done in a sinister way, where I felt that it was very effective and unique than any other one. And around that time. Um, and, and this, you know, like watching the 20 years later, uh, child's play DVD of everything on how they originally was about to do it. It was just a really cool, had the direction they really decided to go with because originally, um, Chuck, Ch- uh, Chucky was supposed to come alive through, uh, swapping blood through Andy, cool. uh, like Andy cut himself in it and, and leaked into, um, you know, Chucky's, uh, bloodstream. It was originally supposed to be called blood brother. Uh, oh. It was supposed to be called, uh, Blood Brothers or Batteries Not Included, and of course they couldn't call it Batteries Not Included because Steven Spielberg was, you know, directing a movie not, Batteries Not Included at the time. So that's how Child's Play got its name, and um, so I thought it was pretty pretty clever um, on how it was done. And I liked how originally Chucky had a female voice, but they had to go back and bring Brad Dorff back because Chucky. Um, didn't sound like the way they wanted. It didn't sound scary. Mm-hmm. So oh. they brought Brad Dorff back and do the voiceovers. I just thought it was so well done. And um, I love how they bring brung Ed Gale from Howard the Duck um, into the film to do some of the movements for Chucky to give him more of that realistic look. And you can see how this later on as the films progressed, how they weren't so effective because they didn't have Ed Gale literally doing some of the movements that I felt that they should have definitely utilized him more for each sequel. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. What did you think of the last one? What did I oh, think of the last one? I, th- I thought the concept was really good. Um, I loved how they had the multiple Chuckies. Um, I was really glad to see Alex Vincent back. I, ch- I chat with him quite a bit. Um, what I did not like is I, I don't understand what the million dollars uh, budget that they had for both uh, the curse and um cult i didn't understand how they could not make chucky look better than he did right when i watched him like chucky looks kind of really weird looking he didn't look i like i love the original look of 
Chucky. Yeah, you know, like Tom Holland, what he did was incredible. Uh, Tom Holland in the original Child's Play, he kind of had Chucky aging as he was turning more human. If you notice in later on in the scenes, um, towards the end of the movie, Chucky was losing hair. He was yep. uh, doing all kinds of things. I'm like, those are the little details that mattered that they ignored uh, later on in the sequels. Um, they just, I, I'm like, why? It's you, you have a great blueprint. I mean, how can you not do that? And, and you know, Child's Play two and three, and even Bride of Chucky, even uh, Seed of Chucky, that was twice the budget of that. So I, I don't understand. Oh, Seed was so bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't think it was bad. I think what happened with Don Marcini was, and I think what um, Chucky naturally became funny and funny, and I think each one they he became more of a comedic relief and you know it uh, i think um he didn't really know which direction to take um because see the chucky is like okay so where do we go from here well um hmm, well Ch- I, I i do love bride of chucky what they did um with you know you got to know chucky a lot more he was more of a main character than right bride was for um, they had some good kills see the chucky fun, fun was yeah, you know, so Cena Chucky tried to do the same thing they did with Brad Chucky. It didn't work because, for one, they tr- they made it too much into a comedy. Glenn was not even taken oh, seriously. Instead of being creepy characters. or anything like that, they made him where he didn't even know what gender he wanted to be. And, like, it, it's, it just started becoming all of these weird things where it just ruined Chucky's credibility. And then when Chucky got off by him, you know, it just was... Oh no! They they just basically butchered their own franchise, right? But then they brought us back with Curse, and it kind of, to me, it kind of felt like we're starting to go back to the original roots a little bit, but we're still not there yet. Like after how Part One, Two, and Three are fantastic, and yeah, how they did, and when Curse comes along, you kind of eliminate Seed. You kind of got a little bit of Bride, which I liked. But with Curse, it kind of like it's starting to get to that root. We're not there just yet, but again, Chucky looks kind of weird to me. But I like how it was all done with uh, all in the house with all those people. You get introduced with more family members. You get introduced to Brad Dorff's daughter. Uh, yeah, well, see, other things. yeah, and I, and I agree with you on a lot of aspects. But one thing I did disagree with, I thought that it was too too slow. Right. Like it was nothing exciting. It kind of went back to the formula after the first one where you don't really see Chucky move very much. But we've already seen him move, so you can't go back. I felt like if they'd done that, they might as well go ahead and make a direct sequel and ignore all the other ones. That's what they should have done if they were going to do it that route. Because you went from seeing Chucky so much to Chucky, now you're not seeing him as much. And it's just, it, it, uh, it, it looked more like a... a um, independent film. It just it, the production value was not there. Um, so yeah, I I, um, I didn't I didn't really care for the uh, the the curse or uh, Call of Chucky. I just I, I liked the concepts to him, but the just the look of a cheap looking Chucky just ruined it for me. Well, at least we, at least we didn't get Chucky in space yet. So. I hope we do get Chucky in space. I would. Well, oh God, that's all we're missing right now is Chucky in space. Matter of fact, <laughs> Chucky in space with his, you know, his powers that he had from the last one with all the Chucky dolls versus Leprechaun. Make it happen. 
Yeah, I, I'm I'm surprised we haven't seen of oil from uh, them to bring Chucky versus Leprechaun or Chucky versus Annabelle. That's been the two talks for the last you know thirty twenty or twenty years. Um, I shall stay. You know, especially mm-hmm. Chucky versus Leprechaun, which I never understood how how would they even happen. But um, yeah, because I I totally as much as I love Chucky, Leprechaun would destroy him. It would it would be a funny movie though. I think that's the that's the gist of it because they both talk so much junk, and the jokes and everything, and just some of the kills. They both have some brutal kills. It would it would be like a you know one of those movies. that's kind of fun, funny, straight to DVD type. It would definitely it wouldn't go to theaters, but I would definitely watch it. Yeah, I said Leprechaun would destroy Chucky easily. Yeah, you said what? I didn't hear that. What'd you say? I would say that uh, Leprechaun would destroy Chucky pretty easily. Yeah, because all you gotta do is just just number them, put them like attach them to a board or anything, just the parts. Or I'm done. Or go watch Chucky. Yeah, you know. Or a team up movie. Yeah, Leprechaun's powers were just far too greater than Chucky's. Um, Because Chucky's only real power is being able to transfer his soul into another body. That's really the only thing he can do. What about a team-up movie with those two? Uh, their personalities. Chucky's not really much of a team upper guy. Chucky is more about he likes killing. Um, I, I wouldn't really see uh, why Chucky would team up with them. I mean, he wouldn't help him get his gold back or, you know. I mean. I, I can't really see. I can, the only thing I can see is say he's like, you know, he'll help him get his gold back and then Leprechaun's strong so he can – Somehow use his powers to say knocks him out, get someone down. Chucky can possess a stronger body than that little doll he has, the little doll body. That'd be something, maybe. Just throwing it out there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I I don't think that was. I think if Chucky was to team up with any known serial killer origin that we know, I would have to say Chucky would be more similar to Freddy. That would be a hilarious team up. Mhm. I like that one. But how? Yeah, would... you know, because Ch- uh, Chucky, like he, you know, he's always getting picked up by little kids. Freddie loves little kids, and um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, you got a point. You got a point there. So I got a question. This question is actually for both of you, and I know I've asked you this before, Matt. At least I think I did. <clears throat> now we're just gonna go by any any horror movies that are out there that you guys have seen. It could be a big name horror movie or whatever. What's one horror movie that like you would like you wish you could have had a role in or you would like to have had a role in? And the second part second question is similar question with the horror movies, but instead of having a role in directing. Um if there's any like if any Hollywood uh film would like or called me up and asked me what I would definitely love to do an adaptation of uh Chucky. Um, okay. I did, I don't like where the series is heading. I don't like the new uh, studios rebooting it. Uh, I would definitely love to collaborate with Don Marcini and um, definitely get Chucky on the right track uh, and figure out how can we make Chucky go back to the original roots and more of a commercial success opposed to straight to DVD. I, I like that. <clears throat> Matt, what about you? Um, I would probably would like to do a Phantasm origin kind of like on like an origin of the the tall man kind of and the origin where he finds these the spheres or finds the, the portal and i like met uh don mancini there and i mean sorry don cascarelli there wow 
I asked him, I go, have you ever plans of doing another one? Even though Angus Scrim unfortunately passed, but would you mind doing it as a prequel where you get someone that's younger that could kind of look like Angus, but not be him. And he's like, well, what do you mean? Like in the wild West? I'm like, Oh, that's even better. Like in the wild West where he's building the facility where he has the funeral home. He doesn't have all the technology he has nowadays, but the steers could look more wooden or maybe just starting to become metal so they're rusty. Uh, he it, he gets he finds the portal and gets the finds out what these demons are. Maybe he gets possessed and that's why he becomes this tall man, or maybe we have a doppelganger where he gets sucked into the portal and the new tall man comes out and that's who he is now. He is this embodiment of evil. And I thought that'd be kind of a cool idea. Yeah, it sounds awesome. Now, <clears throat> those two movies you just named, would those be the same movies you guys would want to act in, so to speak? Um, no, I, I no, I would, I would definitely like to direct the Chucky movie. I, I, I don't know how well a fake getting beat up by a doll. I, I just don't <laughs> know how. <laughs> like, hey, stand in front of the screen, you, screen. You see the Chucky movies, and you see like a grown human being twirling around by a doll. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's it, it, it just cannot be taken seriously. You know, it's, it's a guilty pleasure more uh, film. You know, for me, like yep. I love Chucky. I like the concept of it, but when he's literally, you know, you tear his arm. And put, well, I think see the problem I have with it is if it was consistent on what he actually is, because mm-hmm. it was never consistent or addressed if if that stuffy cotton in his arms that they're twirling around with, or is it muscle? Um, they never established that. So again, if I was direct child's play, if he's turning into human, I would definitely take stuffiness into a literal muscle mass. Uh, you know, like when child's play too, when he ripped his arm off, yeah, uh, or his hand off, it was like flesh and blood under there. So you're like, okay, so I can see that. But on um, child's play one, when he was getting shot, um, it was it was all that stuffiness, you know. So it was never consistent on what Chucky is. That's a good answer. <clears throat> that's a that's a really good answer. I'm starting to think you're a big fan of Chucky. I did. I'm a big, well, I'm a big <laughs> fan of a lot of movies, and and a lot of times when I watch a movie, I always, of course, look for the continuity, and, mm-hmm. and I try to understand it because you know, as a storyteller, you gotta know what you're telling, and um, and, you know, of course, it's 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 easy to make mistakes. I I make mistakes all the time, mm-hmm. but of course, a lot of times when I when I watch my work and I'm like, damn, what was I thinking? Oh, excuse my language. I didn't know if I, oh, I no. just slipped. Oh, we swear on this all the time. Yeah, you're oh, allowed okay, to. Okay. All right, cool. <laughs> Everyone has this little, um, I was just like, I just kind of slipped. I'm like, whoops. Nope, <laughs> all good. But now, however, now, um, as far as a, a horror movie that I would love to act in that I think I would contribute to a lot, um, I love James Wan's um, the, the Insidious movies Ooh, i yes. think those movies are just phenomenal of course you know the third and fourth one i didn't even bother watching the last key i you know i think last key was good yeah, it was it really was good. good i was surprised how they did that usually when they start going on it starts to lose it's i don't know it starts losing something the no, third one definitely key did was real good now and i'm glad to finally hear that because the third one i was so excited to watch and i was just like oh you know that was definitely not as good as the first two. I thought the first two was equally good. And 
I get so upset with James Wan when he he does the first and second one, and then he just completely leaves, and you know, then they want to continue to go without him, and it's it's he he definitely leaves his um, his style on the films, and it's just I mean, look at the look at the Conjuring one and two, um, you know, the first one definitely was really good, but. You know, the first Annabelle was not nowhere near as good. The Nun, I did not like. I was so disappointed in The Nun. Um, and, you know, although I could see some elements about it I liked, I just did not think that that, you just thought it would have been way better considering that The, the Conjuring 2, that was the best thing about it, was The Nun. I loved Annabelle creation, though. Really? Yeah, I, I thought Annabelle Creation was a really good prequel. Um, I thought it was creepy. I thought it's what the first one should have been. I um, I, yeah, I, I wasn't a big fan of Annabelle itself. The way the story was done, everything was all set up. And we said, okay, let's sit and watch the Creation. I heard it's a prequel. I heard it's actually better. So we watched it. And we're okay. Like I wasn't a big fan of that. Like we watched the Nun. We li- I actually liked the Nun. Not with. Uh, like how awesome it was, or it wasn't really scary, but we liked the cinematography of it and how some of uh, the 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 way the nun looked. Like some of the scenes were just just freaky, and we just liked that part. And we used, of course, a nun, which is a religious character. The movie's all based on religion, and how this demon would disguise itself as a nun, and of course, stay in the convent. But we watched The Nun first before we watched Annabelle Creation, I think it was, where they had the picture of the nuns. I'm like, oh, that's from the movie The Nun. So I see, then they tied everything all together. I'm like, oh, okay. But again, well, yeah, I mean, I, I see, I see some points in that. To me, the film was just—it did not have nowhere near enough nun. Right. Need more um, nun. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then it was just like the typical jump scares. It was nothing refreshing about it. No, no, I will argue my point with Annabelle Creation. Annabelle Creation was a lot more creepier, spookier. Uh, there was some really cool elements to add to it. It, it wasn't as uh, beautifully shot as The Nun. I will definitely agree there. But I felt that the, uh, the, the Annabelle Creation, I loved how the ending tied into the first one, and then you found out. Yeah, who that woman was, and uh, I was like, "Wow!" Now that was really cool. Um, I I just I loved Annabelle Creation. This about I like that even more than I liked uh, the Conjuring Two. So you do you con- think they'll do a Conjuring Three to do with the whole Amityville? No, no. They actually said on the third one they're going to do a trial of the guy who said he was possessed by the. Uh, I forgot exactly which case it was, but it was actually based. It's based off a real case that happened. Um, oh, okay. So, I'll be neat. Yeah, no. It, it. I like the direction they're going with it, but of course, when you when James Wan um, doesn't commit, because you know now he's uh, on to bigger things. Um, I don't know how I feel about the third one. Right, because James Wan has his own, like, he has his own, like, signature. Signature yeah. mark. And I, when you, I, you, you get that, you're like, oh, all right. And when someone else takes over, it's just kind of like, all right. I, I feel like the only director that James Wan, because he always attaches his, um, he's always attached other filmmakers that he's been working with or collaborating with. I feel like if they got the director from Annabelle Creation, I, I will have a little bit more faith in the film. But if they get the same director who did um, 
you know, the the nun. I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure because I, I just felt like in the nun. I just felt like they just played it so safe. There was nothing really um, that I've never seen before, and that was the disappointing news for me was um, watching that film. I can see that. I I enjoyed it. I did really enjoy the nun, but I do. I get where you're coming from, and I can see it. And I I. I like that I'm actually having you on this podcast because it's cool to get a perspective from somebody who actually directs movies. Because I know you, you probably look at it a little bit different than just your quote unquote average horror fan or average yeah, movie and, fan and I just in general. Say, just for the record, guys, I'm not taking a stab at no one oh, at I, all. No. It's just a matter of I don't ever say <laughs> no movie is bad. It just wasn't for me. I just want to clear the air. I, um, we live in a generation of offensive. Uh, words and um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, but no, I, I I know I I love uh, Insidious because th- look at Insidious. It it's basically took uh, a very simple ideal, but with a twist of instead of the a haunted house, they made it where this guy can literally um, go to different dimensions, and mm-hmm. I thought that was so refreshing. I, I I I'm surprised to see that The Conjuring got a lot more. Um, recognition but i thought insidious was more of a, an original idea it was, it was far more of an original concept and i mean the, the insidious movie kind of creeped me out a little bit more you know um <laughs> that, that hey, you don't see he, astral pro, uh, astral projection a lot in films it's yeah. always being someone being uh possessed something that's doing possession or something always being possessed here, astral, pro- the astral projection. Yes, it's something new, which is great because it's a new concept. Yeah, I didn't think that. You, yeah, and that's what that's my point. And I'm like, man, that was so well done. Like that scene where she heard a baby screaming, and she went in that room, and you can faintly see that person behind that that sh- that white sheet. That gets me every time. That was so well done because uh, I was just like, whoa, you know. Because um, a lot of times when I watch a movie, I can almost predict everything is coming um because a lot of movies follow the same formulas that was successful before and that's why i like to see somebody who uh who's afraid not afraid to take a risk and a challenge and to me i think james wan is that new director he's definitely the, in my opinion the best horror director of the 21st century I, and, and if you don't agree with me uh you know that's that's fine but um I, I definitely love what he's done with the horror genre from Dead Silence uh, to, you know, Insidious to um, The Conjuring. And that, those movies were just incredible. Now, I'm surprised they have never done a sequel to Dead Silence. Like, it's always, um, Insidious has gotten big, The Conjurings, all those films. Just to me, Dead Silence felt like thrown, a, like thrown into the back burner. That movie was fantastic. It really was. It's I like- loved that movie. You know, it, it didn't get the nowhere near success, uh, the commercial success as, but I, I blame that more on the studio. I, I don't feel mm-hmm. like the stu- I don't think the uh, studios that he worked for previously before he really kind of got in uh, bed with uh, Warner Bros. I think Warner Bros. is definitely marketing him very well, and rightfully so. I mean, the guy's a genius. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of sad that he's kind of uh, backed out of producing the uh, Resident Evil reboot. Uh, I really felt that he would have been a very good asset to get it back on the right track. What I love about him is that he's just, he, you can tell he loves making movies and that's the directors we really need 
we need more people who love making movies, not the, I just don't, I don't, I feel like Hollywood is more of a corporate um, business deal. I don't, I don't feel any passion and that's why I'm, I'm so more inclined to watch independent films or foreign films for that matter, because at least they have heart. That also too, they have originality where let's do a sequel, let's do a remake, let's do a reboot, let's do a retelling. It's like, give us some, maybe something new. Well, that's where I disagree and I blame the audience because if Mm. the audience keeps paying for this and they keep going to the box office, that's what they're going to do. I mean, you know, uh, that's more of the audience versus, I mean, people say they want to see something new or original and then here it is and and it's out there. They don't invest and go watch it. They they go watch something that's familiar. That's true. You know what it is? It's because... I feel, <clears throat> I feel when it comes to that, in general, like me, I like, I love reboots, I love remakes, whatever you want to call them. I and I, and I love new ideas, but I feel with some people, they're they complain about okay, they're doing this movie over and over and over again. They'll go see it over and over and over, but they're afraid of change. Like they want it, but they're scared. Like, well, if they come up with this new concept, this movie's about this, that, and the third is new. I don't know if how I feel about it. I don't know if I like it. But it's like, you got to go check it out and like it. You got, I mean, you got to go check it out and see if you like it or not. Not just, you know, like you're saying, stick to the same, for example, let's just throw this out there, stick to the same slasher movies for 45 years. Let's do something a little bit different. Let's throw some new ideas out there. I'm all, I'm all for it in, in general with the horror, but yes, I would love to see some new things. And, you know, if I like it, I like it. If I don't, hey, that's fine. At least I checked it out. Yeah, you know, and, and that's the that's the thing. Um that's why I'm saying it's more of the audience. Um, to me, like, a lot of remakes I don't watch. Um, just for the simple fact that I know it's, it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't really bother me personally because I know that they're trying to appeal to a new audience. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing where I feel that bothers me is when people say they want to see something different and there's so many talented indie filmmakers out there and they never get noticed because no one wants to invest in it. And then when they do invest in watching it, they pick up the, the, the little teeny tiny things of what's wrong with the film. It just seems today that people, it's so hard for someone to enjoy something. It just seems like people want to find something to not like about something. You know, you know what it is? Sorry to cut you off. No, no, you're fine. But you know what it is? Just going on what you were saying as far as people... <clears throat> One, I definitely feel you should support indie films, whether it be me, I say support indie horror, but support indie films across the board. I just say horror because of my horror podcast, and that's like my favorite genre. Support it all across the board. But I feel like um, people like to follow that movie that has the big, you know, a thousand tweets, a million Facebook posts. Oh, I got to go see this movie because it's hot on Facebook or it's hot on YouTube or it's, you know what I mean? Versus like. Yeah. You get you then you have this one movie that has two Facebook posts and two tweets and nobody really wants to see that movie. And me, I'm just you know again sticking with horror. I'm like you know what I want to check out this indie film right here versus this big film everybody's talking about because this is this film right here can be a gem. That yeah. big that film over here that everybody's talking about nine I'm not gonna say all the time but I'll say nine times out of ten is a disappointment because of all the. And it could be a really good movie, but just because you listen to all the hype of everybody, oh, this is the scariest movie that I've ever seen, this, that, and the third, this is the best horror movie I've ever seen, you go and check it out, and you're like, eh, it wasn't all that great. But this movie over here that nobody's talking about is an excellent, well-done movie. 
Now, just imagine <laughs> if this movie yeah, over yeah, here uh, had the budget of this movie here. Wow. You know what I mean? It would drive me nuts with some people. You tell them about these movies, and they'll go, well, was it in the theater? Exactly. No. That's the first question. Oh, I'm not going to go see it then. Why not? It's right there in front of you. Just watch it. Yes. You love it. And they're like, yeah. well, does it have a Blu-ray? Because I only buy Blu-ray. No. It's got DVD or it's online. You can, you can go to a different format. It's okay. Yeah. It's not going to hurt you. Exactly. Just, just if it's out there, watch it. That's what that's that people need to do is go out and watch these things. Just because it's not in the theater, or maybe it's just only on, let's say, I thought Netflix. Okay, watch it on Netflix. Or if it's like a first-time producer coming out, they do they put their movie out, they do an Indiegogo on it or a Kickstarter. They want to get their name out there, and like it's going by word of mouth. And a lot of people are like, well, I'm not buying it because it's not on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Come on. Or I'm not buying it because, uh, I don't know, I don't, something weird, like, oh, it's, it looks stupid. How do you know it looks stupid? Just by the cover? Watch the film. You'll probably yeah, have a great see, time. Yeah, see, and there's the funny thing. There was a few movies that I did skip last year, and my uh, best friend, Kenny, uh, was like, no, you really should watch it. And I watched it, and I was like, wow, it looks a lot better than it was marketed. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that proves the point of what you just said. It's, I know it's hard for like uh, independent filmers because they don't have the funds, but they, they rely on other people, like you know word of mouth. They rely on online. It's like, hey, someone buy this movie and they'll they'll watch it. Like, hopefully, it'll spread like a disease. <laughs> well, <laughs> so people they love it, then they spread the next one. The next person buys it, and so on and so on. Well, my experience that I found out this is crazy because this is going to be the first time I've really spoke out publicly about this. So, okay. Um, one thing I've learned is that most of my support have came from people I don't, I barely even know. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people who um, are, you know, I thought were my friends, and this is not everyone, because my best friend watched all of my movies and gives me some amazing advice. My mom and dad are great. Yeah, but every, every, I mean, a lot of people that um, I know that I, I tell, hey, watch my movie. Yeah, I def- I'm, I'm definitely going to watch. Did you watch it? No, man, uh, I, I had some stuff to do. And, and then, but then you'll see a social media post where they're going to watch, um, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, uh, The Avengers, Infinity War. And the funny thing is, it's like, if people are so quick to support someone that they don't know, like a celebrity they don't know, opposed to friends or anything like that. It's, you know, it's, have you ever heard that term, they want to see you do well, but not better than them? Yes. Right. Um, yep. But, if I would just, if I got a headline, Chase Dudley just got signed on by New Line Cinema, I swear to God, my social media would be, hey, Chase, man, I knew you would make mm-hmm. it. Oh, man, uh, mm-hmm. we definitely need to get together soon. It's just the, Johnny Depp said that, too, where he said one day everyone would act like they always knew you. Yep. See, <clears throat> me with um with the indie horror thing, like, I connected with Sam on that, like we were discussing earlier, and now I'm connecting with you on it. Like, I want... I want everybody to succeed, especially the, yeah, the small that, guys. That's, and that's a great message. I'm 100% part of that. Because I'm like, like everybody's out, like this, my podcast, I try to use it as a platform. I mean, it's, it's mainly for horror, but I would let a little bit more slip in there as long as, they, as, long as we discuss horror, just because, it's, you know, that's what this is about. Yeah. But it's like, I want you to be able to come on this and just talk about your movies and just you know, I support indie films. I want people to come on here and listen. 
go to this website. Here's where you can find my movie. Here's where you can find my Indiegogo and so on and so forth. And then I feel it, it just helps. Like on social, for example, for social media, people click share all day. They're sharing anything. Like it takes two seconds to share this man's indie film, to share this woman's indie film, or to share like, you know, how you have a lot. You see a lot of people doing um, their own special effects now, right from home. And it's like it takes two seconds to just share that, post it in a horror group that you're, you're going to share something anyway. Just click share. Tell people to go check it out. And I'm like, I did this podcast. One, because, again, I love horror. I love talking about horror and meeting new fans that love horror. And I want to help get other people's stuff out there. Like, if the horror genre, right, it's becoming more and more popular nowadays. But as far as, like, for the little man like us, the only way that we're going to grow is if we each help each other. We can't just say, okay, well, look, how about you share my stuff? And then when I get 100 million views, I'll share your thing one time. So those 100 million people will see you. But it's like, no, if I'm going to share yours 100 million times, you share mine 100 million times and just keep helping each other out. People are so... Absolutely. They're so out for themselves. <laughs> like I have a... um, Which I'm going to have you send me the link when we're done with this episode. I have a, a page on my Podbean, my homepage for my podcast, the Podbean page. It's called uh, Cool Pages to Check Out. And it's just a bunch of... Like I have Matt's podcast on here and his YouTube channel. I have a bunch of people's podcasts on here. Not all of them are horror. Some of them are personal friends. Some are just other horror podcasts I listen to. Some of the people are like their uh, YouTube channels, and I want to put yours on here. I have Sam's on there. And just it's just an extra way to share it out there. And then I also, Facebook, I'll share it out on Facebook. I started using Twitter again, so I'll share it out on Twitter and all that good stuff. I just, I want to see the whole community. I want to see everybody grow. Like, if we're all growing, there's no need to be, you know, selfish or whatever. Yeah, you know, and, and, I, and I do agree with that. There's a lot of time, there's a lot of uh, indie artists that I promote, um, and, you know, they don't promote back. And that's that's how you, as, you know, like, so that's why when you told me that you do what you do, I instantly was um, connected by that because uh, there's a lot of um, filmmakers that, um, you know, I promote them and they promote me. And it's just, it, honestly, it's so uh, refreshing. Uh, my indie reviews, I'm definitely connected with, um, you know, a lot of them. Uh, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a gentleman named Atai Guberman. Um, he's very, um, you know, very helpful. Um, he he promotes a lot of my work, and I promote a lot of his work and, and the content he, he shares. And there's quite a few filmmakers that I do the same thing with, and that's how it should be. Um, that's how you get out there. Exactly. I agree 100%. And I will say this to anybody listening to the podcast, if you have an indie, if you're, put it this way, if you're a horror fan in general, you're welcome on here. But I'm trying to get more indie film people on here. Get us on, come on here, talk about your film. We'll, we'll also reveal your film, me and my co-host. And we'd love to interview you. You guys are welcome on here anytime you want to come on. This goes for you too, Chase. Anytime you want to come on here again. And, Absolutely. Um, tell a friend too. Tell a friend. Send them to the podcast. If they have something they want to promote horror-wise and all that, send them on over here. I'm not – I don't – I do it for the fun. I do it for the love of horror. I even um, – We don't bite. Only when asked nicely. See, that's him. That's not me. <laughs> 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 and, uh, like, this this past um, – I went to a con back in October. Matt was actually there, too, and he helped me. Like, we got to – we did, what, three panels, right, Matt? Two. Two. No, more than two. No, we did three. Yep, three. Yeah, we that's did the right. podcast. We did three panels – and I, I just asked him, I was like, hey, Matt, I'm going to need help with this panel. And one of my other friends came. Matt was there all three days. But we did three panels. 
And then, like, I had a table at this podcast, and I was telling people that I knew at the time, friends, I was like, listen, I don't care what type of, if you have a horror podcast, uh, any kind of podcast, I don't care. Send me your business cards. If you have a horror shop, whatever, send me your business cards ASAP, because when I go to this con, I'll put them on my table, and people will grab the, and Matt did that, a couple other friends did that, and I'm, this is an open invitation again. I want to get a P.O. box this year, but this is an open invitation again, again, for you too, Chase. Because when I go to this, the cons in October that I go to the horror con, send oh, yeah. me some business cards and I'll put them right out on my table. This is no charge. I've seen people doing it. I believe it was on Facebook. I've seen people doing it, saying the same thing, but it was like, you know, $10 for one day, $15 for the weekend. I'm doing this for free for the love of horror. All I ask is, you know, come on the podcast and share the podcast. That's it. I don't want any money because I want us, again, I want us all to grow. I don't need a financial gain for that. Yeah, I feel the same way, you know, and that's why I told you guys anything you ever want me to promote, uh, let me know, you know, because, of course, it's impossible to see everyone's post every day, oh, but yeah. if there's something that you really want me to push for you, you know, inbox me and let me know, um, and I would be happy to promote it. I do it for all kinds of indie artists. Um, a lot of, you know, half the stuff I do promote as far as the movies go is not even my own. Um, I do promote my movies, but I make sure I promote other people's stuff, and and in return, they promote me as well. And, you know, everyone's work is getting out there. Mm-hmm. Um, now, do any of your movies have a physical release? Yes. Um, Payday it was released November 26th. Um, okay. And it was it's on DVD and Blu-ray as well as um, on streaming services. So uh, okay. it's, 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 it's supposed to be released on iTunes and Google Play soon, but it is on, iTunes, or it is on um, YouTube as well as Amazon Prime. Nice. Um, All right, great. Now, how? Yeah, I'm a big physical media type of guy. I like to physically own it. And yeah, uh, yeah. Definitely go and buy them. Even though if it's online, I'll watch it online. Sure, no problem. But if I know what it has a release, I'll mm-hmm. purposely go out and buy the physical copy versus watching it streaming. Yep. Yeah, I'm. I'm more of a fan. <laughs> I'm more of a fan of um, what or a DVD and Blu-ray too. But of course, most people are more into streaming, so right. the film is going way better. Um, are, are we on Facebook, friends, Matt? No, we have to be. Uh, what, <laughs> what is your last name? It's Cantor, C-A-N-T-E-R, like the horse trot. He's on my um Facebook. He's on my, I'm friends with him on Facebook, Chase. I'm friends so you with said Matt, I, I couldn't, he kind of blurped out. That's oh. uh, Matthew, M-A-T-T-H-E-W. Yeah, uh-huh. it's Cantor, C-A-N-T-E-R. Oh, okay. You popped right up. There we go. I'm holding my gremlin. Yes, I, I, I just seen it. So now I just sent you the link where you can get uh, the DVD or Blu-ray. Can you send me that too? And how, okay, before before you, well, not before you send me that, is there any way I can get a signed copy of this? Because that's one thing I try to do if possible is get a signed copy from indie, fan, indie filmmakers. Just because I think it's awesome to have their autograph and also own the copy of the movie. Yeah, uh, what I I think where are you located at? Um, I mean, you can always mail it to me, and I can always definitely sign it. Uh, okay, but of course it's gonna be shipped out through Amazon. Uh, I don't have any physical copies on me, um, but yeah, I, I need to because I need to start doing that. that. That's one thing I definitely need to do. It's 2019 is to uh, definitely push more autograph DVD signs. Um, DVDs, uh, you know, like I, I don't know, like um, it's weird. That's like when I go to how you put yourself out there. You don't want to sound like you're so big at it, you know, so weird. I try no, to sound humble as possible. It's like when I go to the conventions, I purposely find the indie 
um, people where their movies are. And if they have a physical copy, I'm like, I'll definitely buy it. And I'm like, can you sign it too? And they're like, really? You yep. want my autograph? I go, yeah, it's your movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I like to have yeah. it personalized or signed to sh- because it's added into my collection. And of course, some are like, sure. And others are like, they're still puzzled. Like, they're shocked. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Okay. I can relate because I, I remember the first time somebody ever asked me. I, I didn't even know what to. Um, I didn't even know what to say or do. I mean, it's like I wasn't prepared. You know, it's like when an actor, I guess, won an award. They don't. They didn't write their speech, and they're like, uh, uh, what? Do, I don't know what to say. Uh. <laughs> you know, it's just like I think that's human nature. But I think you made us dead. Oh yeah. <laughs> It's it's just you know what it is. It's I'm like this is your art. This is your art. I love art. Whether it's a picture on a wall or a movie or music, I would love to have this physical copy of this, and I would love for you to sign it. Yeah. And I went to a free comic book day at a place that was probably about an hour away, and there was a director of a film there, and I'm like, oh, I'll bring my copy to have it signed. And of course, I stunned him because I brought it in because he's used to having all his comics signed. When I brought his movie in, he's like, what? I go, yes, I'd like to have it signed. He goes, you like this movie? I go, yes, that's why I own it. <laughs> that's why I want it signed, and I hope you do a sequel. He goes, oh, I can't do a sequel. Near the end of the day, the owner of the store came up to me. He goes, what did you do? I go, what? He goes, you just made that guy's day. He's like smiling constantly. I'm like, I just brought my movie in that he made, and I wanted to have it autographed. He's like, Wow, what movie is that? Where'd you get the movie? <laughs> See, yeah, yeah no, it's um, it, it's it's awesome, you know. I'm glad that you made this day. See that 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 right there is, you know, it's it's great. Now, Chase, have you ever done any um conventions? I I have nowhere near as much as I should, um, because you know, of course, a lot of times, uh, I'm I'm at that point now where I've been consistent of making movies like now i feel that i want to do it more is because now i actually have uh movies to show for i've never been a, a i didn't want to be at the conventions where i'm like yeah i'm a filmmaker what, what anything i can see no i got a couple things uh in the works you know uh you know i, I think that <laughs> I, I don't know i just to me that's not a good look opposed to um showing up with a few movies that i've done and like now you know they're kind of more out there opposed to some of the previous films where it, it, it was very hard or, yeah. or they're on platforms no one even knew where they could get it so like now i feel a lot more like a filmmaker mm-hmm. yeah i was gonna say it'd be cool it'd be really cool to see you at a con with the movies you've already you've already had done and just even i mean i know they're already out but even do a screening if possible yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely open for that. And that's one uh, with Beast of the Field. Um, I'm gonna definitely have a festival run. So awesome. Um, yeah, you know, I I never really had a festival, a great festival run. I tried with Payday, but Payday was a uh, it was too long of a film. It, it was an hour and forty six minutes, and a lot of programs want your film under ninety minutes. So uh, Beast of the Field is sitting at an hour and twenty two minutes. Um, okay. So. I think it would definitely do a lot better with uh, programs, and, and it's you know my first you know horror sci-fi film, so I don't know, I'm I'm pretty excited because there's a lot more um, 
platforms and there's a lot more festivals for uh, horror films. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I will say about horror films that I love more than in doing any genre, you, that horror, horror fans have the most loyal fan base ever. And that's why I would always be attached to um, horror in the future. That's awesome. Yeah, I was asking that, though, because I was talking to um, Sam about this a while ago with the whole normal terror thing, which we did mention on the podcast, so I can't say this out loud. As like, um, <clears throat> if all goes good, um, he was going to come out to this to the con out here in October. If everything goes as planned and do a screening out here, mm-hmm. I was going to talk to the guy that runs the con. I was going to say, you, same thing. If you, I mean, if you could, if all went good, <clears throat> it'd be cool to do that. Or at the very Absolutely. least, if even if you, I told him, I was like, even if you couldn't make it, and I'll do the same for you. And I know Matt would. I was like, what we could do is um, get obviously buy the movie from you, see if they'll show it at the con, and have like a panel for it. Just because I, I, like I said, I love to help out with that stuff, and I love the horror aspect of it. Panels are fun as hell. Matt, you, you know that. And it, it would be real cool, especially because it would be like not a lot of people seeing these movies except for us few people, and then it's like we're presenting this movie. We're, you know, that that would be real cool. Yeah, no, that, sound, that sounds amazing. Like I said, I, I definitely want to get out more and, and mangle as a filmmaker. I just... I really had to get some stuff under my belt in order before I start doing that. I just, I, I feel like it would be like going to school without your backpack. Um, yeah. You know? <laughs> I just wanted to be prepared and literally have things that people can uh, literally, you know, purchase or want to watch, you know. Oh, yeah. No, that's understandable. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, a few still shots from some movies, a few Blu-rays, DVDs. Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. Know. At first, I thought you were going to ask if I was going to do a sequel. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, I'm not going to ask that yet. I'll ask that after I watch the movie, though. <laughs> uh, well, I was going to say I don't do sequels. Oh. Ah. Well, there there's not going to be a sequel. Ooh. Well, Ooh. And, <laughs> well I like that. Here's the thing, and I'm not, I'm not 100% against uh, sequels in general, because there are a handful I felt was far more superior than the first one, like mm-hmm. Terminator 2. I liked Saw 2 better than the first Saw. Um, I liked, uh, let's see, um, it's not a lot of horror films that uh, the sequel is better, but uh, it's not impossible. I just think it needs to be, it, it definitely needs to be, I feel like sequels often are not as good as the first one is because I feel like it's the pressure is on, or... Uh, there's too many sequels that don't need one. They, it's just was such much of a success. They instantly, like that. Per- like I said before, the pressure comes in. Mm-hmm. Now, if it was a story that really warrant a sequel, I might be open to it. That, see, that makes sense. That makes sense right there. I, I really respect that because I feel, me, again, sticking with horror, I love prequels, sequels, reboots, remakes, and all that. But I do feel at times sequels are just a freaking money grab. It's like, okay, well, this mm-hmm. movie made, you know, ten point nine million. I don't know, $100 million in the box office first weekend. We need to make a part two. And then part two, you go see that, and it's not as good. So you're like, okay, well, part two did make $97 million. We need to make a part three. And then part three is making like half of that because part two wasn't, you know, you know what I'm getting at that. It just gets worse and yep, worse and worse. That's what happened with the Chuckies. That's what happened with the Freddies. That's what happened with the Michael Myers. That's what happens with uh, a lot. almost every franchise ever. At some point. Oh. The, the, yeah, exactly. They, they do not generate um, what the first, you know, one did. And then, then that's, that's why you have a reboot. 
I got a good question for you. This is a question I seen on I think I seen it on Facebook. I don't remember or Twitter. It was um in your opinion, is it as far as a franchise goes, should it be three or more movies or should it be four or more movies? Now before you guys answer, I'm gonna tell you my answer real quick. I said four or more because I feel like if it ends at three, that's just kind of a that's just a trilogy. So it's not really like a full franchise quote unquote type of thing, but I wanted to hear your guys' opinions on that. I would say I say two or more. It would be a franchise because it's something. It's, it's uh, kind of a following there at that point, you know. You said two or more. Yeah, I would. Say, I would definitely say so. Okay. Uh, I would, still consider uh, four and more. Four. Four or more, yeah, because like I said, two is just like a, it's a sequel, not really anything there. A franchise would mean more and more, so therefore, like trilogy. Okay, you got a trilogy. Anything after a trilogy, you don't really call it. Oh, look at the quadology. You call it. Oh, look at that franchise. Quadology. <laughs> you got more of that. It's like okay, Whoa. I got the Amityville trilogy, but now you have like, well, I have the Amityville franchise because there's so many Amityville movies. The Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, franchise. That's yeah. a franchise. You don't say the Candyman franchise because you call it the Candyman trilogy. There's just three Candymans. Well, not a lot of people knows there's a trilogy. <laughs> I know. Good that's point. <laughs> good, uh, good point. Well, but here's the thing. I think it's a matter of wording. A lot of times people use different words and it's the same meaning. A franchise right. is more than one. So mm. I think we're all agreeing, but we're just using different words. <laughs> using it in a different way. I, I get what you're saying with that. I get what you're saying with that. Oh, man. I'm thinking, I think I ran out of questions. I'm trying to think. Do you have any questions for us? <laughs> that, was a, that was a good debate there. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any questions for us? And there's, um, yeah, how long have you guys been doing what you're doing? Uh, I know we vaguely got into the conversation before we actually started, but um, I'd like to know how you guys met and what made you all decide um, that you guys were going to do a podcast. Okay, well, um, originally me, like, I started this last January, and I started out with doing, like, a Facebook group, and I would do, like, unboxing videos and all that, and I was always in the mm -hmm. horror, and I kept saying for, like, I had a Facebook group for a, couple, for a few years, and I kept saying, I'm going to do a podcast, I'm going to do a podcast. And my awesome wife got me some equipment. She got me a nice mixer and all that good stuff. You know, she got me a mixer. It came with a mic and a pair of headphones. And then it went from that to, okay, I have the stuff I need. I'm going to keep doing these videos because I got a better camera now, too. So I'm going to keep doing these videos. I have a better mic. I'm going to do a podcast. I'm going to do a podcast. And it was, okay, well, I need a co-host or co-hosts. So when I, fi when I finally did make the podcast, to make a long story short, um, my first episode, I was driving, riding to Scaricon. My brother was driving. I was riding with another good friend. And I had a little recorder in my hand. I was like, listen, I was like, this podcast, we're going to start it up today. Hit record, you know, recorded from pretty much where we left my, my house or whoever's house to we went to a rest stop, you know, used the bathroom, all that good stuff. Turned it off. <laughs> Went from here. There's a point to the story. Don't worry. Went from there to the con, you know, recorded again and turned it off, recorded on the way home. Get home to upload this for my first podcast. I had nothing. The reason why I had nothing is because instead of hitting save, because it was like, you know, three little switches on the thing. Instead of hitting save, when you hit the record button, hit down to save, I would just turn it off. So it just didn't save anything. <laughs> so it went from that to... um I got my brother on, like, on the phone. We recorded together a couple times. I had a couple friends coming over here and there. So the way I had my podcast was, I was like, if 
it would be like me and a random guest would just record. That's how that was the premise of my podcast at first, and I went from that to um, just I'd have like I said I have people personal friends that I knew. Matt, I actually met him at a con up in Albany last year called uh, Empire State Con, and that's because uh, Robert England was up here and Amanda Wiss and a couple other people from the Freddy, from that Nightmare on Elm Street cast. Oh wow, yeah, Amanda Wiss, I met her. She's awesome. I she's, haven't got to meet uh, Robert England, but yeah, she's so down to earth. She's I actually so almost sweet. worked with her before. That's awesome. And real quick, before because anytime I bring her up, I say this: watch the movie The It. Amazing freaking movie. Okay. I believe it's on Amazon Prime, but an amazing movie. Anyway, so yeah, we met me and Matt. Matt, I mean, wow, blah, blah, blah. me and Matt met at a. <laughs> <laughs> me and Matt met. We met at this con up here, and it, last April, like I was saying, we were just waiting in line. I don't know how the conversation started. We were just talking horror movies randomly, and we started talking about Thanksgiving, and that's how our friendship started over the movie Thanksgiving. And we were talking about that movie. And there's a person that uh, <laughs> I said we weren't going to talk about anymore on the podcast because he was so negative. Let's just say he's the type of person he wouldn't watch a B-rated type of movie. He would just watch Hollywood movies, for example, Hollywood horror movies. That's all I'm going to say. And we just came up with we came like that same day because I was helping a friend out at that con with his podcast. He had a table and stuff. But that same day, me and Matt exchanged information, Facebooks, and all that good stuff. He joined my horror group page. We started talking. I was like, "Hey, man, I have a podcast." would like to be a guest here and there and he's like of course and he has his own podcast which i'll let him discuss in a minute and it just went from there and it went from like him being like a random guest and i have a couple other people like my brother and a friend that i made through these facebook groups uh their names are and they just became like co-hosts for me just kind of so i have somebody to record with because i didn't want to record i didn't want to do a solo podcast i thought that would be too boring for myself as long as my list as well as my listeners and that's pretty much how it is. Now, Matt, you want to tell them about yours? Okay. Uh, with me, I started off with YouTube. Uh, I would just watch a lot of YouTube and everything, and I would watch you know, people with their collections. I'd look and go, well, I have a big collection. I could start a YouTube channel. Why not? So I did. I started one, I want to say, say six years ago I started it. And I just it just grew. The channel has been so much fun. Uh Went into groups. I met a bunch of other people through uh, YouTube, and we formed a uh, podcast called Cinema Attack. Uh, originally, him and a couple other buddies, they had a falling out and everything fell apart, and he wanted to do to continue the podcast. I said, hey, I'm available. And another buddy of mine said the same thing. I said, all right, let's do a test run. So we did a test run, and we've been having a lot of fun ever since. It's very laid back. We talk about all different types of cinema, not just horror, not just sci-fi, all that crap, anything and everything. And uh, yeah, you guys are, you guys are very interesting. Oh, you, you listen to that? You still there? Oh, I think his phone crapped out a little bit or something. Yeah, no. You, oh, you're you here. guys are, you guys are awesome. Okay, right. cool. Well, thank you. I'm having a hard time understanding you guys though. Oh. <laughs> um, I know he's got a good microphone. Uh-oh. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> there it goes. Here goes the bloopers. <laughs> Here goes. I'll Skype fucks everything up. Well, he sounded like T-Pain. <laughs> he's a fan. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> you can well, keep... guys, it's been a great, um, you know, having me on and, um, 
you guys have been awesome. Uh, love talking horror films. Oh yeah, man. Um, yeah, this this was a this was very fun. Thanks for having me on, guys. Anytime, man. Oh, anytime, man. Any well, next time I have you on, I would like to get you one of these times anyway. It doesn't have to be the next time you're on, but I would like to get you on here to review some movies with us. That'd be pretty fun. Do all watch whatever movie and review it. Give it a good little breakdown. I'd like to hear your opinion on, on a move. You know, a director's point of view of a movie. Yeah. And um, I guess we can wrap it up. So Chase, you want to plug your? Absolutely, plug your... I would love to do that. Oh, and definitely. I definitely would. Um... You still there? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm here. Okay. No, I was gonna say, do you want? You can plug. Feel free to plug your uh, your your social medias, your movies, anything you want to plug. And when you get a chance, send me the links to your stuff, and I'll post it on that page I was telling you about. Okay. Yeah, definitely. You guys can follow me on Facebook and Instagram. It's Chase Dutley. Um, don't forget to check out my film uh, Payday, which is on Amazon Prime and YouTube, and um, you know Amazon.com. Um, it would be on uh, platforms like iTunes in the future, but it's not now. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, support indie. I appreciate you guys listening. Oh yeah, definitely support indie horror and check out his stuff. I will be posting it very, very soon on the page. Well, you're not gonna hear me saying this, but I'm gonna post it on the page after this episode. And thanks again for coming on, Chase. I greatly appreciate that. You're welcome on here no anytime, man. Any freaking time. All right, brother. Have a good one. Nice meeting you, man. Great, it was fun. You too. Matt, you want to plug your stuff? Sure. Before we close it out, go ahead. Uh, if you haven't checked out on YouTube, my YouTube channel is You and Your Horror Movies. Uh, pretty much movie reviews, movie collection updates, anything horror, it's it's on there. So it's You and Your Horror Movies. I'm on Instagram. Same thing, but without, without uh, spaces. <laughs> For some reason, mm -hmm. uh, Instagram wouldn't allow me to have spaces. So it's You and Your Horror Movies, all one word. And also, to Cinema Attack, we're on uh, the Horrorphilia Network, and we're also on our own Facebook group page called Cinema Attack, if you haven't, uh, check it out, where we just talk about all kinds of films, so it's great. Awesome. And as you know, ladies and gentlemen, people, I, Sir Sturdy, am on Facebook. You can find that. Um, you know, Horror Research 30 on Facebook. I have a group and a page. Like and, you know, check them out. Join the group. The group is pretty much anything horror related. You can share the page pretty much to help promote the podcast. So please like, like, join, share both. As far as the platforms I'm on, where you can hear my lovely voice, <laughs> you can hear me on um, YouTube. You can, hear me, <coughs> excuse me. you can hear me on YouTube, iTunes, Podbean, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, many more platforms. I'm out. Um, I'm also. I have a Twitch, Sir underscore Sturdy, and um, yeah. So again, as I said earlier in this episode, any horror fan is welcome. If you'd like to come on this episode, send me an email at horrorwithsir.sturdy. Again, that's horrorwithsir.sturdy at gmail.com. Let me know you want to come on the episode. We can review movies. We can talk random horror. If you have horror films that you do yourself, you produce in or act in yourself. Send me an email, and again, you're more than welcome to be on this episode. You're more, well, on an episode, not this one, because this one's over with. And um, thanks for listening. Please like, rate, 
and review and share the podcast. That does help us all out. Same with Matt's podcast and any other podcast you guys listen to, because that really does help us out. We're not just saying this. It helps us get more views. It helps us, you know, move up on the charts and all that. So please like, rate, share, and review on any platform that you listen to these podcasts on. Thanks for listening. And as always, I'll see you in your nightmare.